Welcome to the Multi-Orgasmic Mama podcast, where sexual taboos are broken. I'm Tilly Storm, holistic sex coach and jade egg and tantric sex teacher. I work with luxury lovers, teaching them the art of better sacred sex by helping them remove all their blocks to pleasure, turn on confidence and connection so they can step into their fullest potential and power as humans and alchemists in the 3D. If you'd like to learn how to release shame and guilt destroying your sex life so you can feel fully sexually liberated and free, you can access my How to Release Shame and Guilt training at www.tillystorm.com forward slash shame. This episode is brought to you by the Essentially Embodied Woman Collective. If you're ready to remove all your blocks to pleasure, turn on and feeling confident and sexy in your body through my paid programs and offerings, then head to www.tillystorm.com today. How many of you struggle with mismatched libidos? Or how many of you struggle feeling attracted to your partner? Oh, wow. So many of our clients experience these issues right here. What happens when you don't want it as a woman? You want to want it, but you just don't. And what do you do when he wants it all the time and you feel terrible and guilty because you feel like you're rejecting your partner? Now, I want to also speak into the opposite because we have a lot of women who experience way more desire than their partner. They want it all the time with their partner and they are feeling rejected because their partner doesn't want it with them. How in the world do you deal? Well, let's talk about this, my dear, because I promise you, if you have felt attraction and desire for your partner before, then you can recreate that now. So if you struggle with a partner that has a higher desire than you and you're feeling like, well, is something wrong with me because I don't desire my partner? Where's the attraction that we once had when we first met? You know, maybe it's my hormones. Maybe it's that transition into motherhood. And I just haven't had the energy to even think about it or even to want to initiate. It's just the last thing on my mind every day. Well, there are several reasons that lack of desire and mismatched libido happens. This is actually a desire thing. I don't even like the word mismatched libido because we are talking about desire here. And since there's a difference between libido, desire, and arousal, it's important that we use the right languaging. But most people use mismatched libido and they're actually not even knowing what they're saying. Mismatched libido means that your hormones... Uh, libido is a scientific thing. Okay. It is your hormones ability to create the sense of desire and the arousal response. Desire is more of the emotional, the intimate connection, the things that need to happen in order for you to feel desire that leads to arousal. And arousal is the actual body's response to sexual stimulation. When people are talking about mismatched libidos, what they are really meaning is we have mismatched ways of experiencing turn on and desire. Well, the first reason that this happens is a lack of education and understanding of how most women's desire and arousal response even works. This is why when women join my program, the first book I have them read is Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski. And I have them get it on audio and read it 
or listen to it with their partner because it's so important that their partner understands if he's the higher desire one, why she is the way she is. That there's nothing broken about her. There's nothing wrong with her. It just means that she's built different and she operates differently. What I mean by this is that partners with higher desire are generally ones who have a spontaneous desire complex. And then ones with a lower desire are usually more uh, responsive desire people. So this is the difference between responsive and spontaneous desire. Some people will just be aroused whenever they see naked bodies. Some people will be aroused at the spur of the moment and it's just totally spontaneous. And some people don't ever feel that. And it might take tons of leading up to things, tons of foreplay and mind games and anticipation. And this is more commonly women's desire response. It is more responsive. It is not as spontaneous. While there are about, I think the statistics are 20% of women have a spontaneous desire and 80% of men have spontaneous desire. And then 80% of women are responsive desire and about 20% of men are responsive desire. Don't quote me on those exact numbers, but it's somewhere around there. And then a lack of education around what are your sexual accelerators and what are your sexual breaks. So I've had women that ask like, is, you know, maybe it'll be different if I'm with someone else. I'm scared to even think about leaving my husband because, you know, I don't want to ruin our family, break up our family, screw up our kids in hopes that maybe I'll feel turned on by someone else. And what I always tell them is that actually that's probably not going to help because your desire and arousal response doesn't change based on who you're with. It might be thwarted and you might get that shiny object syndrome thinking, oh my God, this person turns me on all the time when you see or think about that one guy or you see some guy out in public and you're like, holy shit, he is hot, right? Uh, and you might feel that sense of spontaneous desire that you don't normally feel with your husband and your partner. This is your brain on chemicals. So when you meet someone new, it's often that you feel more spontaneous desire because of the increased dopamine levels happening in your brain. And a lot of times women who are going through this whole process of being like, okay, am, is there something wrong with me? you know, am I actually attracted to my partner? Do I really even desire him? Uh, are we even compatible sexually? Maybe they have that great relationship. They've built a family with this person. They don't want to leave that. And they're left with all of these thoughts, not knowing what to do with them. And then they start thinking or fantasizing about what it might be like if they were with someone else, or, you know, maybe it's just my partner that I'm not that into. And I'm telling you 99% of the time, leaving your partner is not going to fix the problem. <laughs> so get it out of your fantasy mind right now and educate yourself and your partner around desire, arousal, and all of these things we're talking about today. Go read the book, uh, Come As You Are by Emily Nagowski and learn about these things. Okay. Now the second reason that many women start questioning their ability to feel attracted to their partner, or maybe we're just not meant to be together, or 
oh my God, what if I end up having to break up with him because I'm really not attracted to him? Is that they don't understand their own erotic language. And I've talked about this several times, but erotic languaging is understanding your unique path to turn on and pleasure. And everyone has a different erotic wiring and a way that they are turned on sexually. And often you have a one in five chance of being with someone who speaks the same language as you. This is just like love languages. If you have opposite love languages, then you're probably, you know, speaking a love language to your partner that doesn't necessarily make them feel loved. So if your love language is physical touch and you're giving your partner all this physical touch, but their love language is words of affirmation and you don't ever tell them nice things about them, you never really affirm them, then they don't feel the sense of love, right? Well, it is the exact same thing with the erotic languages. If you're approaching your partner uh, and you know, putting your hands all over them and touching their genitals. And that's the first thing you do. And they're not a sexual, then they're not going to get turned on by that sort of thing. And if you are, you know, if for example, a lot of women are the sensual erotic language, if you're sensual and you approach your male partner who is a sexual with, oh, let's set up the bedroom for a nice long date night where we're going to light the candles and we're going to turn on the music and we're going to make it a whole long, big ordeal. Your sexual partner is probably like, oh my God, can't we just get to it? And they don't understand why we need to do all this pre warm up stuff and set the room and make sure the babysitter's got the kids. And to this, a sexual partner, they're thinking, oh my God, why do we have to do all this? This is like, this is totally unnecessary. We could just go straight for it and we could have sex. We both have an orgasm and be done with it. All right. This is the problem with most people who say that they have mismatched libidos. You don't have a mismatched libido. You're just not speaking the same erotic language to each other. And so anything that the way that you're trying to approach your partner sexually and to create turn on and connection with them is in a way that your partner doesn't understand, doesn't get. So learning about the erotic languages, understanding your own unique path to turn on, it's so vital and important, not only to learn yourself and what you are, but to learn your partners. Because you both have to, if you want to get on the same page sexually, then you've got to learn where you can meet each other in these, the erotic languaging. For example, if your male partner is a classic sexual who gets really turned on by naked bodies and by touching genitals and just like the stereotypical male. And if your male partner is sexual, but his secondary erotic language is kinky and he likes the taboo things. He likes the uh, dominance play, the submission play, or anything that feels taboo for him. And let's say you are a female and your primary erotic language is sensual, where you want all of the warm up throughout the day. You want the you want your brain to be stimulated before sex ever starts. You want that slow turn on and build up and you want your room to be made just right. You want the environment to be just right. But you also like to fully surrender in sexuality and you like the the slaps on the ass or hot candle wax dripping down your belly or your chest. 
And if kinky is something that you both can get turned on by, but it might not be your primary path to get turned on by, then then that's somewhere that you can play and meet in the middle. Again, the example is you've got a male who's the stereotypical male, he's a sexual, you've got a woman who's a stereotypical female who's a sensual, and then both of them kind of like the kinky side of things too. Then playing in this territory of kink might be the way that they learn to get on the same page sexually. And this can feel so empowering because when they both meet there, then they both feel turned on. Now, the third reason that a lot of couples will say, well, you know, I don't, I'm the woman and I hardly ever want sex with them. I really want to. uh, And my partner wants it all the time. And I feel so terrible about not initiating. I feel guilty that he's not getting what he wants. And I, you know, I feel like it's my fault. Oh God, I hear this all the time, (laughs) y'all. This is sometimes if you have gone through these two more external type things, like educating yourself, making sure your partner understands these things, you understand your own erotic wiring and languaging, uh, then if those things have all been worked out and you're still having issues, then one of the biggest reasons you'll still not be meeting in the middle or feeling like you're on the same page sexually is because you are choosing a disempowering sexual identity that you have created based off of core wounds from the past. Ah, what does this mean? This means you got shit, babe. It means you've got stuff from your past that you're choosing to identify with, maybe parts and pieces of yourself that you actually banished or got rid of that made you feel like, you couldn't have that identity or be who you really wanted to be and show up and have a healthy whole relationship and have a great communication with your partner. This is because many women feel that they have to choose between parts and pieces of themselves in order to get what they want because they don't feel whole or that they can be whole and be fully sexually self-expressed and have a great relationship at the same time. I've experienced this in my own life being a very uh, sexual woman with a sexual erotic language and a spontaneous desire and feeling like it was often too much in a safe relationship that only the bad guys or only the ones that weren't really good for me were the ones that could handle that level of sexuality. And to find someone and to to feel that I could have both, to feel that I could be in a safe, committed relationship, and also to be able to express the fullness of my sexual language and to really own that, it's been a struggle. But it's absolutely something that you and I, myself, we all have to choose to own that within us. Often women will feel like they don't feel adored or admired, that their partner doesn't appreciate them the way that they want. They nag and they whine and they complain about all these little things that are just so, uh, you know, external when what's really going on is they're not accepting, loving, appreciating, adoring the parts and pieces of themselves that they got rid of or banished or 
told didn't belong within this relationship because maybe it would rock the boat or maybe it wouldn't be accepted within this relationship. So when that happens, I often have red flags that go off and I'm like, oh, then you're not doing this for yourself. So this is how I help women to come back into empowerment around their love life because they want to do all the complaining and the nagging and saying, oh, it's my partner. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. He doesn't treat me this way. He doesn't do this. And I'm like, but wait, are you doing any of that for yourself? Where are you not loving, appreciating, adoring parts of yourself? Where did you get rid of that sexy woman in the bedroom? How are you not appreciating yourself? It all comes back to you, babe. Yes, it all comes back to you. And if you want to be the woman that can meet your man and feel like you're on the same page sexually and stop going down this rabbit hole of, oh my God, maybe I need to break up with him or maybe I need to tear up my whole family just to feel like I can have a great sex life again. I'm telling you, if you just do the inner work and get a decent sexual and relational education, then you will not need to do these things. I have been down that road. I have done those things. I have broken up relationships that probably did not need to be broken up because I didn't have what I offer. (laughs) I often say, I wish I had a coach. I I wish I could coach myself because sometimes I'm like, I need me as a coach. (laughs) Luckily, I I do have one that, um, that does very similar work as me. And I have her as my own coach because I understand how important it is to have this type of support, to see where your blind spots are, to see how you are being a victim and how you're, you know, complaining and nagging and trying to blame it on someone else or something about you that you feel inadequate about or, you know, not feeling whole and complete within yourself, not fully loving yourself. And when you start to see how you're doing those things, it's like, oh shit, (laughs) I created that. Yep. All right. Now, what do I have to come do? What do I have to do to come back into alignment and wholeness and to be empowered in my love life again, in my sex life, in my relationship? And what do I need to do to eliminate the breaks in my relationship? If you're someone who struggles with the desire piece, what do I need to do to give myself more accelerators, sexual accelerators, do the things that actually turn me on? Well, guess what? One thing you could do is write a list of things that turn you on. If you have not done that and gone over that with a partner, then that's a great first step to take. I mean, there are so many more steps to take, but that's a great place to start. Uh, So I encourage you to do that. Like start to bring up these things and understand that each person has a unique path to turn on and pleasure and that we're not all wired the same sexually and it's okay. It doesn't matter. Uh, in the end, it just matters how you relate to your partner and that, and does your partner understand that? And are you loving and accepting how you, how unique you really are in your relationship and in your sexuality? All right, my loves, for those of you who are ready for this level of sexual education and relationship education and understanding, and you're ready to do that inner work to discover How are you living from past wounds and choosing a disempowering sexual identity that has you stuck and feeling like you can't speak the same language sexually? And how are you going to live another 10 years or wait until the kids get out of the house before you actually do something about it? But you're like, I am not doing that. I'm not going to be that couple with my partner who waits until the kids are out of the house before we decide to 
you know, either get divorced or to do something about this. Don't be that person. Please don't be that person. That's so not okay for your kids to watch you grow up in a in a relationship where there's no intimacy and connection simply because you don't know how to get it. Okay. You can get it. You're listening to it right now. <laughs> you're, you're listening to the person who is best in the world at helping women become multi-orgasmic and help them revive their desire. I am literally the best in the world at helping women become multi-orgasmic. I know this because this is what I've been doing for four years. It's my absolute passion and I am damn good at it. All right. So come get that education and training uh, at the initiation retreat, epic relationship breakthrough and sacred sexuality initiation with us in, well, near Tamarindo, Costa Rica, uh, January 20th through 25th, 2022. All of the details and information about the retreat can be found at www.tillystorm.com forward slash retreat. I cannot wait to have you here uh, to be at the beautiful Palace of Peace mansion that we're going to be at uh, overlooking the infinity pool and being able to go down to the beach and take a dip in the ocean. It's going to be absolutely incredible. Love to have you check it out and get your application in stat. See you next week, my loves. Bye.